Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today we are discussing Immune Bio, ticker INMB. Joining me on today's podcast are Ashley Day and Florian Bushek. First, a disclaimer no one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page, type in the ticker, and the result will give you a link to the research post with this podcast and to other discussion and research relating to today's company. Now on to our topic, Immune Bio, ticker INMB. Ashley, I believe you're gonna get us started by telling us a little bit about the company, and then we will get into a discussion of recent events, upcoming events, and why breakout investors should be interested. Ashley? So yeah, Immune Bio is a kind of an early stage biotech company with a couple of programs uh, um, in their phase, uh, having completed their phase one trials. And they went public uh, last year and have a couple of exciting drugs that are they're sort of their mechanism is using the innate immune system to uh, treat uh, diseases. And uh, one of their programs is uh, Alzheimer's and the other one is um, Incommune that uh, deals with NK cells uh, in, that are used to attack cancer. All right, so Alzheimer and cancer. The method of action is enabling the human immune system to act against these diseases. Yes. They're at phase one, which means that uh, there's, it's, it's quite a while before they're going to be uh, taking anything commercial. I believe the company's got what, about a, a 200 and some million dollar market cap? It's, uh, it's gone up a little bit, so it's probably sitting in the 300 range uh, currently. Yeah, 350 or so. 350. Okay. All right. So they have moved up. Absolutely. So why are we interested? And why are we interested right now? What, uh, what, what dropped yesterday? And what's, uh, what's upcoming? So I guess, um, when we're talking about what dropped yesterday, um, that's um, the incommune aspect, um, which is basically their drug that helps activating the body's own natural killer cells, NK cells. And these are basically the defense of the body against, against cancer, against different types of cancers. And yesterday they reported that they have dosed their first human patient and um, they saw very strong signals in terms of what these NK, how the NK cells are activated and um, on a range of, of biomarkers um, which they are using to sort of assess what, what the drug does. And okay. that's a great step because um, other companies at around, so in terms of value proposition, we, we will now see this is the first patient and uh, it is a program of about nine patients that will be dosed and supervised um, over, over the next year. The, the issue is that this sounds like a very early program, and yes, it is. But if you look at similar companies, 
those trade a billion dollar valuations. So just one example, Century Therapeutics is not even as far as Immune is, and it has, I think, 1.5 billion of a market cap. And they even need to need an additional cocktail of drugs for their own drug. And the same with Fate Therapeutics, whereas Incommune is stable by itself and can be administered by itself. So you could even make the case that uh, Incommune is possibly even better. Okay, now we're, we're talking about the killer cells. Is there a particular cancer that this drug is, is, might be used for? It can be used for different types of cancers, for example, blood cancer. Okay, well, that, that's a fairly rare cancer. Uh, is, it a, is it a general killer cell or is it specific to certain kinds of cancers? It's, I wouldn't say general, but it can be used for a wide array of, of cancers, yeah. And blood cancer, yeah, it is rare. They are doing it because um, it's not likely to succeed because if they succeed there, then you know everything else is easy. And um, it was also, they were, they were about to start with something else, but there were some regulatory issues, just uh, the regulators, not um, nothing on the fault of Immunbio. All right, Ashley. Uh, they were looking... They were looking to start a, an ovarian cancer uh, trial as well, and I believe they were waiting till the pandemic uh, slows down uh, in order to uh, start that trial as well. Yeah, it was it was all it was all basically prepared for the for this ovarian cancer trial, but then it turned out the catheter that they used that was only approved for um, for for one direction of flow and uh, some some stupid stuff that delayed it basically. Okay. All right. So what's the second uh, condition that we should talk about Alzheimer's, right? Let's, let's talk yeah. about that. So they're maybe their lead uh, drug and what they were probably most well known for is, uh, is X pro that uh, they believe can be um, it, it treats inflammation and they believe it can be used kind of for a wide variety of indications and they've chosen Alzheimer's as um, they believe that it is going to reduce neuroinflammation and really their thesis is that reducing neuroinflammation will either slow or reverse uh, the, the decline that Alzheimer's patients experience. All right, there's lots of things out that uh, treat inflammation, targeting Alzheimer's as the application for your anti-inflammatory treatment seems kind of surprising. Uh, could you could you link it uh, better? Um, sure. Uh, and their their drug is part of a, a class of drugs known as TNF inhibitors that are widely used uh, for the treatment of inflammation. Uh, it, it hasn't it, the thesis that um, to go after neuroinflammation for Alzheimer's is not widely held, and and they're one of the first companies to take this approach. One of the pieces that sets this drug apart from other TNF inhibitors is that it, it is not immunosuppressant. Which means? Uh, it, it won't uh, make it harder for patients to recover um, when they if they have other indications uh, going on. They've been using the drug in, in COVID as part of their Quellar program, and one of the benefits, uh, we'll potentially see some results from that in the next month or so, but one of the, the benefits of using their drug is, is the that it won't harm the immune system or lower its capabilities. 
Understood. Understood. Okay. So I guess how I imagine it, if you think about inflammation, chronic inflammation is very bad. Whereas if you have uh, acute inflammation, bouts of activity, like that's essentially what happens when you do sports or something like that, that is good. And uh, what their drug does is sort of fighting the chronic inflammation aspect. And it does so without compromising the immune system on top of that. Understood. Okay. So yesterday was a press release relating to the killer cell. And I believe it's next month we've got uh, a planned release of information relating to the Alzheimer's drug. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that's right. In about uh, two weeks, and perhaps we'll see a, a PR next week to uh, schedule the release of the data as well as a KOL call to discuss uh, what it, what all that uh, data means, what we should be looking for. And this is the final release of phase one data as the company has uh, issued their design for phase two already, which should begin in the fourth quarter, they're going to be talking about what they saw in the, in the first phase, introducing a larger number of patients and uh, more data, more biomarkers, and a, a longer uh, period of the trial. I think one of the criticisms of the company's data releases in the past was that it wasn't that many patients. So having more patients and the ability to perhaps show statistical significance uh, should make this data release uh, much more meaningful. Now, I've heard you two to say that each of these ideas, or each of these products are worth potentially a billion dollars plus. Yet for some reason, this company uh, alone, at least as far as we're following, alone among its peers is uh, valued in the paltry $300 million range. So everybody has to deal with this fact. Do you have any theories to explain why this company doesn't seem to get the attention and appreciation of markets, mar the market investors who set these prices? I was going to say, I've, uh, I have two reasons for them and per perhaps are the same as, as Florian's. Uh, one being the uh, small number of patients uh, in that they've reported data on in the past. Hopefully that will change in a couple of weeks. And, and the other reason is that they have a, a very different approach to both of these diseases. They're sort of the only ones coming at the um, neuroinflammation um, from uh, with their current approach. And as well, they've gone with a really biomarker heavy approach as well. They're, they're very methodical in their in the science and providing data, but they're not necessarily using the traditional biomarkers um, that you've seen in, in from other companies and other trials. But the, the, the good news is that the most recently approved drug, uh, Aduhelm, back in June was approved based on biomarkers and not necessarily on its efficacy, which is a, a, a good sign for them. Lauren? Yeah, I had two other reasons, actually. Um, one, the small market cap and low liquidity. So more than, more than half of the stock is in the hands of insiders. Uh, the stock is very illiquid. Uh, that, I think, deters just larger institutions to get in. I mean, just recently, we had uh, a family office and a healthcare fund get in in a placement at $22, above the current share price, actually. 
um, these guys just have a hard time getting in in the market itself. And in general, do you have, if you want to go, if you're funding and you want to go into Alzheimer's, just a theme, um, you go to the biggest companies because it's easy to get in and get out. Um, that's one aspect and which I think uh, plays a role. The other aspect is they're just not very promotional. They are very methodically um, and look after getting the signs right. And that just doesn't resonate that well with Wall Street often, I would say. Okay, two more questions. One, what do we know about the team? Have they got a track record? Is there a reason to be optimistic based upon their resumes? And two, where does, where does the company and the stock go from here? We've got uh, the release on September 6th. Uh, what, do, what do you guys see in the future? I would say the management team is, is strong. There's several uh, neuro, uh, neurologists who are, who are at the helm who've been doing research in this area for an extensive period. So you're not looking at a, at a business team running the, co running the company. You're looking at uh, neurologists. Uh, with the exception of, of the CFO, David Moss, who um, uh, sort of provides that perhaps business aspect to um, that is complementary to the others. In the, in the uh, near term future, um, I guess what I'm aiming at here is this company is still years away from revenue, right? Uh, why, why would somebody want to hold it now? And if the news is good on the 6th, do they want to keep holding it? Yeah, we will get, so for one, we will get a steady stream of, of data from Inkmune. And the other thing is, uh, if you think about the Alzheimer's uh, trial design, so we will get phase one data. They are currently recruiting people for the phase two trial. And that, that is a challenge um, to, get the, to get the people, but the trial itself will only last for six months. So we are looking at 2023 and I'm pretty sure if that trial is successful, this drug is not that far from approval as one might think. So that is two years. And if you think about how big the price is that they could win, um, it's a very easy hold. The risk reward on this one is very significant is uh, how I interpret what you just said. It's not one drug, it's two drugs. And both of them have very significant upside. And I and accept- they are fully funded. Right, they are, right. They just they raised- are fully, They are fully funded for the readout. And, and I should say, I mean, how they raised money, it was really brilliant. Like you don't see any warrants. You see, you see specialized funds coming in, not just- uh, I don't know, some, some arbitrageurs to, to flip the stock. Uh, they use strategically their ATM when, when the stock is, is having a hard run. Um, and I mean, they're doing this really brilliantly. Well, thank you guys. So that was a great 10 minute podcast. We are Breakout Investors. This event is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The Breakout Investor 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review.
Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.